You're listening to Made for Living Well podcast, episode number 236. And today we're talking about how to do the work. Like, how do you actually get healthy, not just in your body, but your mind and soul? This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and I am thrilled that you are here. This is a place where I truly believe you were made for living well. It's not some far-off destination that you have to try to find or give up your life in search of. But here on the show, we talk about how do you actually live it out? Like, how do you live out health that's already inside of you? And today, we're talking about a subject that spells this out very clearly. That's how do you do the work? Like, how do you actually take the information you know and put it into practice? And we're going to talk about this as it relates to your mind, body, and soul, and the missing component or the missing link that maybe you're not being told that could change the game for you. So you're going to want to stick around and listen to today's podcast. But before we get started, I want to remind you that it's because of you that this show is in the top 100 on iTunes. Yes, that's pretty exciting news, but we're one of the top 100 shows in the health category on iTunes, and I owe it all to you. So thank you so much for being here, for listening, and for loving the show just as much as I do. This is not an easy job for me. In fact, it's completely against everything I ever dreamed for my life, but I do have a passion for health and teaching you the truth, and that's why I do this show every single week. So if you haven't, and you'd love to leave a rating and review, it would mean the world to me. In order to leave a rating and review, you just need to head to any place that you're listening to the podcast and check out the rating and review section on the Made for Living Well category. Now, if you want an easier way, just head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash review, and you can leave a rating and review there. Again, it only takes you a few minutes. You only have to do it once, but it truly does help the show to grow and other people who wouldn't otherwise hear it, find it, check it out, and hopefully learn a thing or two about really transforming their life forever. Now, if you've already left a rating and review or you wanna take it one step further, share this with your friends and family. Take a screenshot of it, share it on social media, or just tell them about it the next time you talk to them. And I'll just thank you in advance for all of that because it really does change the game and make the podcast what it is. I also wanted to remind you that there's a lot happening over at thelivingwell.com. If you haven't checked out the new home, the new site, and all the new happenings over there, make sure you take some time to go check it out. There's new courses, there's new guides, including batch cooking guides or meal prep guides, a planner that can help you implement all of this into your life, and of course, there's always those blog posts that explain more and give you the practical information to take these podcast episodes and put them into action in your life. So you can find all that information, check it out over at thelivingwell.com. But today, we're going to start talking right away about how do you actually do the work? Now, I wanted to talk about this subject because I think a lot of us are spending endless time and years and so much of our life in pursuit of getting healthy. Like if health didn't mean something to you, you wouldn't be here. The problem isn't your desire for health, it's how do you actually get healthy? How do you actually do the work? 
And if you're like me, you can read a lot of information. You can gather a lot of knowledge in a subject or pick up a new book, but you get to the end of it and you're like, now what? Like, now what do I do with all of this? And while I love knowledge and I think when you know better, you can do better, I think we're at a point in time when our knowledge is actually becoming a hindrance to us. Like when we've gathered so much information and we know so much, but yet no one's really telling us What do we do with all of this? So I want to challenge you in this podcast to really start to shift your view of health away from gathering more knowledge and taking what you already know and learning how to implement that into your life. Now, there's a big missing link, which is what I want to talk about today that I think is really vital in taking this information and making it practical in your everyday life. And this missing link is not something that we've talked about in the health space. It's not something that we're actively researching in the health space, but it really does make all of the difference, especially when we study people who are living the longest, healthiest lives, you know, people who are really in these longevity studies who have shown us a true picture of what it means to be healthy. And the number one key amongst all of them is they're living out of all of them. Like they're living out of their full, whole self. And that sounds a little cheesy, right? Like, because you're like, but I am too. But I think that there, again, is this missing link, this missing component and the scope of health and scope of your life that really does kind of box up your life. Like it prevents you from living out of the whole of who you are, making you believe that you have to go on some rabbit chase that Once you arrive at a destination, then you can live out of the whole of yourself. But waiting to live out of the whole of yourself is actually the opposite of what it means to be healthy and to get healthy. It's the opposite of what it means to do the work that's going to make the change. The true answer is you have to live out of the whole of who you are, your entire self, in order to create the change that you're looking for. So we have to flip that equation and start to see all of us as one whole working component. And in the process of that, seeing how it all works together to create the change that we're looking for. This is the only way. Yes, there's other ways, right? But not lasting ways. And what we're really going for is lasting health. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do we create the change that lasts by combining the whole of who you are into one system that works cohesively in balance, not to arrive at a destination, but to fully immerse yourself into the purpose that you were given to live here on this earth and to enjoy every moment of it. And I'll be honest, this is more than just a mindset shift. So let's dive into how do you do the work? So to start this off, we have to change our view of who we are. If we're going to see health as the whole of who we are, we have to stop seeing ourselves as specific systems and see how all of those systems are working together. I like to say it's like we just need to zoom out on our life a little bit. Like maybe we're a little too close to it to really understand it and the capacity that it's going to take to get healthy. Now, I know that there's a value to getting close, right? Like to seeing each specific system, which has helped us to relate symptoms to those and come up with solutions. But really, sometimes the solutions are just these short-term fixes that band-aid the real problem, which can only be found when we take a few steps outside of ourselves to see that we are not just a body and we're not just a mind and we're not just a soul, but we're all three things as one whole being. 
Like they're not boxed off segmented things, but they're all working together. And we can start to see them as all working together. We can start to see the shift happen, the shift away from just trying to change your body in order to change all these other aspects of your life. But we can really see that it's not about just changing one thing, but it's about healthifying the whole of who you are. And if we don't, then we just get ourselves out of balance. So again, let's take a zoomed out approach and let's look at those three big systems that we always talk about, the mind, body, and soul, and see what they really are. Because when we can start to really understand what they really are, we can start to see how they work together. And in the process of working together, you can see how they create health, like the health that you've been looking for. So let's start with the body. The body is the physical manifestation of us, right? Like it's the tangible, I can feel it, I can touch it, I can see it moving. It's the action. Our body is really the form that is the doing. It's the hands and the feet. It's our ability to live in life. Now, We want to look at the body and think that it has absolute control over our health and think it's the only metric that we need to change in order to get healthy. But the thing about the body is the body doesn't act alone. In fact, the body doesn't act out of itself. It acts out of a control panel. Like if we want to think about this maybe in a different way, we're going to talk about the controller, the control panel, and maybe like the light, right? Your body is simply the light and something else has to turn it on and off. It's really not responsible for the function of itself. It just produces the function, if that makes sense, right? Like it's not controlling whether the light is on or off itself, but it's just acting based on what it's being told to do. That's really what the body is. I don't want to dismiss that because it's powerful, it's um, necessary, but we give our body a lot of credit for being able to change itself, for being able to figure things out, when really your body is just acting out of the control panel. It's acting out of what it's been told to act in. And so, yes, we have a body, but really in the scope of health, the body is not the most important part and it's not the only part. So think of the body as like the movement of energy that allows for physical action. But what's controlling that movement? What is controlling the functions isn't the body alone. It's driven by the control panel of the body, which is the mind. So the mind or our thoughts, those things that we think, the things that we feel, the mind is responsible for telling the body what to do, what action to take. It's literally turning the controls, changing the communication that's being sent out to every cell, and therefore then the cell acts based on that communication channel. We have a lot of different mechanisms of communication inside the body. We have our hormonal system. We have our endocrine system and our nervous system. Those are two different but similar communication channels that tell the body and every cell in the body, the physical manifestation of who we are, what needs to happen based on what the control panel is doing. So the mind is responsible for changing the controls, for sending the message. However... It's not responsible for the message. And I think this is where we get really confused, right? Because we think, if I could just think better, if I could just be more positive, if I could just convince myself to do the thing, if I could just change my mind, then I could change my body. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of research that shows the mind is a really powerful tool in our body. And I don't discount that. 
Are we putting too much emphasis on a system that's not fully responsible again for health itself? We can't segment it as its own structure solely responsible for who you are. Because there's one more element that is the most powerful, the most critical system of the body, and that is the soul. The soul, or the heart as some people call it, is truly the the controller. It's the one producing the message that gets sent to the mind that changes the communication pathways that change the body. So really, if we want to break this down, the soul or what you believe, which is housed in the soul, changes what you think, which changes what you do. Now, your soul is truly the most powerful force inside your body, and it's the one thing driving your control panel. It's the thing making the decisions that changes the mind that push your body into action, making your soul really the most important and critical element in health, and yet the one we talk about the least at least in regards to how it impacts the body and your health, right? Like you don't normally come to a nutritionist to be like, hey, let's talk about the health of my soul. You usually come to a nutritionist because you wanna change your outward appearance. And so the best way to do that is to change what you do to it, right? Like the foods that you eat, how you move your body, and you need help because you've been doing these things and not seeing results. But the issue is if we stop at the body, we miss the full controlling aspect of the body, which is the soul. So what I'm trying to say is we can't just focus on the body and we can't just focus on the mind and we can't just focus on the soul. It's truly how all of them are working together to create the change or to create the outcome that is what you're experiencing. Now, we all know that we have the mind, body, and soul. We've talked about that. But it's really how those three things are working together, not as segmented systems that are boxed up and you just work on one at a time. But we have to start seeing them as working all together. This truly is the answer to health and how to do the thing that you know you should be doing. It's all three of these things working together in harmony and balance. That is what creates health. And if we really dive in, I think we should start looking at the control panel, the mind as the communication pathway defining the balance between the body and the soul. Like instead of looking at it in some separate and complicated system, see it a metric of balance, a control panel displaying or communicating with you based on the needs it's perceived between the body and the soul. So what I'm trying to say is, what would happen if we stop looking at these as specific boxes, but looking at it as we have a soul and we have a body, and the bridge between the two is the mind. The bridge communicating the balance, communicating the needs, communicating the threats, the bridge between that is the mind. And if we start to look at the mind as that, not as something that we have to change, but as something that is communicating with our body what is happening, the balance or the lack of balance within our body, then we can start to create real change. So what I want us to do is maybe shift our belief, not necessarily look at as three very set and specific systems, but to see our body and to see our soul and realize the bridge of communication between those, the bridge of communication, telling the body how to respond, and also reinforcing our soul and what we believe is our mind. Meaning maybe we're not our mind, but we're a body and a soul and the mind is a supporting tool to help the two of those things come together to act as one. Perhaps the best way is just to explain this is to give you an example. 
Like a lot of life is acted on the body and the soul is separate. Take getting healthy, for instance. In general, it's done as a means to change your body. So if you go on a diet, you do the workout, you do whatever it takes to beat your body into submission, or even if you're trying to do this the right way, eating whole foods and nourishing your body, all of that is good. But if you're just focusing on the body, but you're lacking soul care, you're lacking understanding what it is that you believe, it will never work. Because health means a balance between the body and soul. It means harmony, communication. It means a working together. Like your body is only as healthy as your soul. And I really believe your soul is only as healthy as your body. It's those things in balance that create the energy, that create the livelihood, create the joy and fulfillment that you're really looking for health to bring. So if we're just focusing on the body, honestly, it's not going to work long-term. We have to stop expecting that when we separate the body and the soul and we just work to healthify one, that it's gonna somehow healthify the whole of who you are. It just doesn't work that way. Just like we try to segment off our soul and our beliefs, focusing just on religion or trying to accomplish the to-dos on what it means to support positive beliefs, but it becomes another boxed off, segmented part of your life that you do at specific times, but it's not interwoven into everything that you do. Like you know you have a soul and you know you have a body, but rarely do you see how both of these are in constant communication with each other and what that communication is, what's happening on the inside of the mind, on the bridge between the two is actually where health happens. That's where health lies and that's where your life is the one you've been searching for and missing, doing all the right things, but never landing where you want to go. What the world and what the health system has failed to teach us is that your soul is constantly in communication with your body and your body is in constant communication with your soul. In the bridge between the two, the thing that we can pay attention to and use as a metric of this balance is the mind. And perhaps this is why we have so much anxiety. Like perhaps this is why we have so much unsatisfaction and why so many people are searching for so many things and feel so lost and so alone is because we haven't been told this. Like we've been told we're a body and a soul, but we haven't been told how they work together or that they're working together to create that balance inside of your life. And because of that, we have this massive imbalance in energy. We kind of talked about this last week, but I want to break it down biologically so that you can understand those feelings that you feel, those things that manifest in your body as anxiety or even depression, maybe things that you think are just stuck in your mind but are having a true physiological response, are not just in your mind. Those things are happening by a breakdown between your body and soul, an imbalance. And physically speaking, this is truly an imbalance in energy, which I think energy is like kind of that metric that helps us to understand this balance. Here's the deal. Like an out of balance life happens when maybe you have high energy in one area, but low energy in another area. Like for instance, anxiety, like we talked about last week, anxiety is known as this really high energy state where your body has a lot of physical energy, an unhealthy amount of physical energy that leads to jitters and it leads to restlessness and an inability to sleep. The problem is, is that most people don't feel energized because their emotional energy or their mind energy is really low. 
You could even say their soul energy is really low. So you're working from this state of imbalance where you have a lot of high physical energy, but low emotional energy. And because of those two things are out of balance, it leads you to feel all the symptoms that you don't like. It leads you to feel like something is wrong, which it is. But rather than looking at that, like we talked about last week, as a problem, what if we started to recognize that as a symptom, as a sign of communication channel, a compass that's just reminding yourself that it's not the problem, it's a metric of balance. It's showing you that you're out of balance. And I think so many of the things that we hate, so many of the problems that we face, as these problems we try to escape, but what if we just start looking at them as a metric of balance, as a sign showing us whether we're in balance or whether we're out of balance? And rather than beating ourselves up about them, doing something about it if we feel like that is a sign that we're just out of balance. Like anxiety again, going back to that, which you should just go listen to that podcast. Like if you're feeling anxious, then we need to take action to bring ourselves back into to balance. It's not like, oh, now I can just label myself as an anxious person, which only throws the balance off even more because then your soul and your body get out of balance even further. It becomes more of an ingrained belief inside of you. Rather than labeling yourself with it, recognize that yes, you might be anxious, but anxiety is a compass that's going to guide you back into balance and allowing you to understand when you need to do something or more things to support your body in that way. So health isn't a metric, it's a balance and there's no perfection to it, which is what I love the most about this because there's no perfection to life, right? Perfection is just an irrational idea that you have any sort of control over external things. But the good news is, is you do have a lot of internal control. And if we shift our focus from external things, internal control and regulation, we can see how much change we can make. Like when we realize that we may not be able to change what is happening in life or to us, but we can change our outlook of those things, and then we can change our health. And this is where the mind comes into place. And perhaps the secret to healing is understanding what it is that you're thinking. Because understanding and changing what it is you think gives you a picture into what you are believing and also how your body is responding. It shows you the balance. So I don't want us to get too stuck on the body or the soul, but I want us to stay in this bridge, in the mind, because the mind gives us an indication of whether our body and our soul are in balance, creating that state of thriving and health that you're looking for, or what's out of balance. Because it's your mind that's controlling the message to your body, creating the symptoms. Also your mind that is produced, those thoughts are produced by what you believe. So it gives you an insight look into what is it that you really believe on a soul heart level. And when we can start to understand that and see that, then we can start to do something about that. Because again, understanding and changing what it is that you believe changes how your body responds every single day, creating the balance that you're looking for. The last thing that I want for you is to have you work on your body for years and years and years, like so many people do, only to realize you've never achieved what you gave up your soul in search of because you had one bad belief. And likewise, I don't want you to perfect your soul, to commit to being the hands and feet of Jesus when you've neglected the very vehicle of earthly change. That is the energy your body needs to actually go out and do the work, 
We have to have both. We're called to have both. And we were designed to have both in balance. And that is what we're looking for. How do you actually do the work means bringing your body back into balance in the mind, body, and soul. Basically, if you can start to believe differently, that will change your perspective of life, which changes how you react and the action you take, which only reinforces and supports those beliefs. Let me just give you an example of this, right? Like the typical equation that we see so often is, I hate how I look, so I'm going to try and insert some form of behavior modification. I'm going to eat healthy. The problem with just behavior modification without changing your belief is that you often hate the behavior modification. Like you don't believe it's going to work. So you might start to think things like, I feel so deprived. I feel so restricted. I hate this. This is never going to work. And that bridge, your mind starts to show you or paint you a picture of what's actually going to happen. So even though you tried to take action in a positive way, because you didn't believe it or you had a bad belief system behind it, your reaction to that was to think negative things about it. I hate eating healthy. I feel restricted. I'm so deprived. This is never going to work. It works for everyone else, which ultimately sends you back into an action that is negative, like an indulgence, which then produces a feeling because everything we do always produces a feeling. And that feeling is always based out of what we believe. So that feeling then is going to be like guilt and shame. Now, all of a sudden, I tried to get healthy, but I hated it. Even though I didn't want to hate it, I hated it. And therefore, I indulged, which only made me feel guilty and shameful, which only sent me back to the place where I started from, which is, I hate how I look. This is the vicious cycle so many people live with, and it's an imbalance in what you believe and what you're trying to do with your body. It's an imbalance that will never produce the results that you're looking for. We have to balance this in order to create change. So again, that that typical equation is, I hate how I look, so I'm just going to try behavior modification. I'm gonna try the next fad diet. It only works for a period of time because I secretly hate it, and my belief is, is that I'm never going to get healthy, which leads me back to indulge, to stop the diet, to take the weekend off, which leads me to feeling so guilty and shameful, making me lose energy and end up right in the same place we started from. Like no amount of behavior modification will change what it is that you hate, at least not in the long term. In the short term, we can see some change, right? Like this is what's tricky about the diet space is we've made you believe behavior modification works because in the short term, we can get you to see results. But 100% of the time, it will fail if you do not change your beliefs to balance that out. We will always become what it is we believe. And the best way to see what we believe is to understand the thought and the mind, the bridge between the two. So the new equation that I want us to start thinking about, maybe you need to write this down. I'll make sure and add this to the blog so you can understand this in a different way or see it written out. But the equation goes like this. You hate how you look, but you believe that you are capable And you can feel confident in how you look because you respect that your body has stayed here in a form of protection, but now you're going to provide safety for your body to move forward. You might not like it, but you believe in something different. And in the process of that, you're going to take a positive reaction. I'm going to do something different. So you start eating healthier, 
which reinforces the idea or the belief that you are capable of doing something good for yourself, that you believe you are possible, which supports the new belief that you were designed in health for health, which stirs up more positive action. It creates energy, it drives motivation, it gives you the ability to continue moving forward. But do you see the common denominator between the two or the thing that determines which pathway you go down or which equation you take? It always comes back to the belief. Like you might not like where you are, but if you believe that you're capable of it, then the positive action reinforces the positive belief, which creates a change you're looking for. If you hate where you are, but you don't believe that it's possible, then that positive action you take only reinforces the idea that you can't do this, which leads you back into negative action. We cannot overcome a bad belief with behavior modification. It never works long-term. And that's why we have to go back and constantly focus on all three of these systems. We have to go back to what it is that you believe. But again, we can't just change our beliefs and expect that the behavior modification will follow, right? Like I can't just believe I'm gonna get healthy, but then reinforce that belief with bad practices. Like I can't say, yes, I believe I'm going to get healthy, but then I'm gonna come over and eat a Big Mac and expect my body should react in a better way. I mean, that doesn't work either. In fact, I would argue that do you really believe in health? Like at the core of who you are, do you believe in it? Or maybe you don't even, maybe you believe in it, but you don't value it. Like there's something deeper going on. We have to reinforce that positive belief with positive action in order to move forward. It takes both sides of the equation. It takes your body and your soul in order to to truly create the health that you're looking for. And the best way to distinguish how close you are to this balance that we're looking for is to pay attention to what you think. We can't just focus on one area. Like we can't just focus on our soul and we can't just focus on our body. What I'm trying to say is we have to focus on all of it together. And the best way to distinguish this balance is to pay attention to the bridge, your mind, what it is that you think. If we don't believe it and we try to act in it, we're always going to look for perfection. And as soon as that perfection fails us, as soon as we fail ourselves, we reinforce that bad belief that this is impossible, leading us back into bad behavior. I know it sounds like a vicious cycle, but it doesn't have to stay this way. And the deal is, is it takes both sides of the equation. I keep saying that. It's not just your beliefs, but it's not just your body either. It's both of them working together. You can't just think more positively. You can't just change your mind because we can't lie to ourselves. Like if you try to think more positively, but you really don't believe what you're thinking about, it's not going to work. Like I tried this for the longest time when I was going through therapy because I had a tendency to be more negative, to the glass is half empty kind of person. And I I did not like this. Like I hated this part of myself where I was always so negative. And I once had a therapist who told me, you know, start to think more positive, start to be grateful. And I took that as a means of, okay, I'm just going to write down a gratitude list. Like I'm just going to think up positive things. And I did that for a few weeks thinking that that would become a part of me. But the problem was, is that thinking those positive things never changed anything. I thought long and hard about this because we hear this all the time. If you just change how you think, you'll change what you do. But I was doing that. I was changing how I thought. I was 
writing lists of things, of gratitude lists, of positive things. The problem was I didn't believe those things were positive or I didn't believe that I was worthy of those positive things. And so what I missed after a month of trying to make myself more positive was that we cannot think ourselves well. I know a lot of people think that and believe that and tell you that. We cannot do it though because we cannot lie to our body. Like we can't pretend that we like ourselves when we have this internal belief that we are not good for anyone. When we have these internal beliefs that we're bad or that we're broken, we can't just think ourselves well with those kind of beliefs. And so the reason I couldn't get myself to be more positive by just making a positivity list was because ultimately I didn't believe it and my body knew it. My soul and body work together so much that my body knows when I'm lying based on my soul. And that's where I think we have to be careful not to give our mind more credit than it deserves. We cannot just change our mind and expect change in our soul and our body. Our mind is not some superpower that has the ability to control either one of them. It's a bridge. It's the communication channel helping us to recognize which one is out of balance. And I wonder, like I wonder what would change Not to say that the mind isn't important. It's incredibly important. And it's the very thing I want us to focus on and effort to understand what it is that we believe and how our body's responding. But I don't want us to get so lost in our mind that we think that by manipulating what we think, that we can ultimately change the outcome of our life. It doesn't work that way. We have to truly go into our soul and unearth some of these belief systems and really pay attention to what is the story I tell myself? What is the story I've written about myself? Like what story has someone else placed on me? And I want us to hold that up to truth. And what I call truth is like, what did God call you? What are the names he spoke over you? Start to change the story. And when you start to change the story, you change the thoughts and you change the outcome. Now, in the process of this, right, we also have to support the change in belief by creating a safe environment for our body to step into this because our body's always looking for safety as a metric of change. It rarely changes in an unhealthy environment or a threatening environment. So we really do have to provide a safe environment and a healthy environment for our body to do this work. So it's twofold. What I'm trying to say is that you can't just healthify your body and expect everything else to follow. And you can't just healthify your beliefs without supporting that with positive action. It's all of it working together to create the balance your body is looking for. We have to stop trying to be a hypocrite to our body. Your body and mind know that. And the hypocritical patterns throw the body off and are actually a sign that you're just disassociated with yourself. Like it's a sign that you're not even living in the whole of who you are, making it impossible for these changes to come. But here's the deal. You were made to get healthy. The key is bringing it all together and seeing your mind as the bridge that is showing you or as the compass of how balanced or out of balance your soul and your body are and what you need to do to create health and the whole of who you are. So I want us not to look at our mind and think, I need to change that. 
I want us to look at our mind and use it as a metric of what we need to change, whether it's our soul or our body, what we need to do to regain balance. And I know that can probably sound a little overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, like one more thing, I don't have time for this. But here's the deal. When we start to see the mind as a bridge, it should take away the idea that you have to change your mind. We have this whole study of psychology, which is fantastic, but I really believe that the study of psychology is really just a study of the soul. And when we stop looking at it as like another system that we have to try to manage and regulate and perfect, and we start to see it as this bridge, as this metric that's helped pointing us in the direction of what we need to healthify, it really does change the game. And I think the easiest way to look at this is to stop segmenting your soul into specific points of your life and your mind into another box and your body into another box. Like life is not a series of boxes. We do this with work. We do this with exercise. We do this with relationships. We like to box them all up. Boxing things up is truly trauma coming out. Like our body, when it's experienced trauma, likes to encapsulate things. It likes to protect the body by boxing and walling them off. Like I even think about this with physical trauma. This is a great way to understand this in the emotional and mindset realm is to say like if you sprain your ankle, all of a sudden your body sends out this wave of inflammation and that inflammation is a way to encapsulate the pain, the trauma as the body works to heal that. The same thing happens in all areas of trauma, whether it's emotional or physical or mental or whatever it is. Those traumas, get encapsulated. They get boxed off. When you're in the process of boxing things off, you don't just often stop with the trauma, but the trauma leads you to box off all areas of your life because it's an act of control. It's trying to control what feels out of control. And so over time, We've boxed up our life. We've been taught to box up our life based on previous generational trauma, right? And so now we're living in this boxed up, segmented world that makes health impossible because we stop viewing it as a part of who we are and it becomes another thing we have to do. But as long as these things are another thing that we have to do, they're gonna be really hard to get yourself to do it because you're not gonna have the time and the energy or the space in your life to do them. When you sit down with your schedule and you think, I don't know where I'm going to work out in this. I don't know how I'm going to get healthy meals on the table. I don't know where I'm going to fit in my devotional time or my prayer. Like, I don't know how I'm going to work on this relationship. We only do that when we think about life in boxes. But I want us to start to throw away the boxes. Your trauma is not going to like this or the trauma that's been placed on you. But here's the deal. It is the only way forward is to throw away the boxes and to stop looking at this as segmented systems of your life and start to look at your life as all of it, working together as a strand of fabric, right? That has this interwoven like tapestry like to it, right? Where it's not just one specific system working on its own, but it's how they're all interwoven and intermixed to work together, Living out of all of you means realizing that these aren't just things that you have to accomplish or put on your to-do list, but they're things that work in support of who you are. And I think that's really where we have to get with health and our beliefs. Like these are the things that create who you are. They make up you. And what I believe is you were made for living well. 
which means health is not just another box you have to pull off the shelf and try to figure out the space and the time to work on it. And your beliefs aren't just another box you have to pull off the shelf and try to sort through and understand and, you know, do all the right things. It's all of it coming together to create this harmony and this balance that is your life that allows you to go out and live your life. And when we start to think about it in that way, it becomes less about another thing you have to do and more about making it who you are. You might be thinking, okay, great. Now tell me how to do that. And I really am going to tell you how to do that. But I really just want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to envision you just like believing you're healthy, just making that a part of who you are. Envision that healthy person. Yeah, they probably work out, but working out is not like some chore that they have to do. It's part of what makes them them. It's part of what gives them energy and fuel and fire to go about their day. The same thing with prayer. Prayer is not just like, if we look at our beliefs, it's not just something we think we have to do in order to maintain some kind of status. But prayer becomes who we are, a a lifeline, a metric of creating balance in all of our life. And you might find it's not just something I do for 20 minutes in the morning, but it's things that I do all throughout my day. The same thing is with healthy eating. It can't be another to-do that feels suffocating and depriving, but it has to be a metric of you understanding how to nourish your body. And you're doing that into support of your body, not to change your body. Do you kind of see where I'm going with this? These cannot, health cannot be segmented things that we have to try to fix and fill in our life to solve some kind of problem that only throws our life more out of balance, creating more chaos. That is not health. That is not the intended design. But our life, our belief, our body is working to control the chaos, to live in it regardless of how much chaos is there because you know You know with all that you are how to maintain and regain balance when life throws you out of balance. And that is what I want. That is how you make this work, is not to recognize that life is a perfect series that you have to try to control in segmented boxes called your soul and your mind and your body, but you see it as one whole unit. And you recognize that when your mind is out of whack, when you're having bad thoughts or what it is that you're thinking is a metric of that balance. It's a communication channel. It's a compass that's directing or able to direct your life. Like anxiety, right? That's a metric to recognize, okay, now what can I do in my life to regain that internal balance? What can I do to maintain that health within me regardless of what's happening in the world around me? We can't control that. And living our life in boxes makes us believe that we have more external control than we do. But a beautiful thing happens when we stop trying to control the world and we recognize that the only thing that we really need to control is how we respond to the world. And when we can start to change how we respond to the world, we change how we see the world, which makes all of these problems kind of go away. Not to say that like life is ever going to be like sunshine and roses and we're not going to have depravity. But how you respond to those stressful situations changes your perception of them, which changes your perception of life. Like meaning, if we stop working to control so many external things, even when it relates to our diet and our exercise, and we start to just change and control the only thing we have the power to, and that's our perspective based on our beliefs and how our body is responding, 
We get our joy back. We get our vitality for life back. And we actually have the ability and the energy to go out and do what we were meant to do. We can stop living for health and suffocating ourselves and more to-dos. And we can actually just start living in the everyday moment. And that's what I want for you more than anything. And I hope this big idea is starting to come together that we are not segmented systems. Yes, your mind, body, and soul matter, but they matter only because of how they're all working together in harmony. And the bridge connecting the two, your body and your soul, is your mind. And your mind is a metric not to force and to change, but to use in order to change what it is you believe and how you're supporting those beliefs and how you act. So looking at it that way, which brings me to what do we do? I'll say it over and over and over and over again, but the biggest point in all of this that I can make and how do you actually do the work is number one is you have to be aware of what is happening inside of your mind. You have to be aware of what it is that you're feeling. Physically, yes, but those physical sensations are occurring in your mind. They're creating feelings and emotions and energy. All of that is happening in your mind, the bridge between the two. So we have to start to pay attention to what is it that you're feeling? What is it that you're thinking? What is your perspective about this? If we do not understand where we're starting from and meet ourselves right there, even if you hate it, we will not be able to change what it is or create that change and what we need to do. So I like to call this like emotional IQ. Like we need to have an understanding or an awareness to what it is that we're thinking And then from there, I think we can start to separate ourselves from the old patterns, the traumatized person, the one that wants to segment off of life. We have to step outside of that and realize how can I support both aspects of it? Not just working on my body, but working on my soul at the same time, working on my beliefs as I take this positive action. But to do that, you kind of have to like take a step outside of that old traumatized version of you and start to see yourself as all of you, like the wholeness, start to accept and be aware of where you are and use that as the starting point to make progress and mobilize and give you momentum to move forward. And then take that action. Do the thing that supports the beliefs. There's a lot of things that we can do, and it's not just one thing. We have to be clear, like, it's not a specific system that's going to work. Yes, we need to eat whole foods. Yes, we should be moving our body. Yes, we need to work on our beliefs and our spiritual life. Yes, we need to work on relationships. Yes, we need to understand how our perspectives are changing our physical action in our life. Yes, we should probably be fasting, and yes, we need to be sleeping. Like, there's foundations to health that are critical, and necessary, but there's not one specific equation that's going to all of a sudden make you lose all the weight that you want to lose and live healthy. What we have to start to do is recognize our feelings and do more things that support what it is our body is looking for. If you're feeling rather anxious and you have a lot of physical energy where you're feeling jittery and overwhelmed and restless, go out and move your body. Like do something hard to push your body. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling dumpy, if you're feeling exhausted, do something filling that's going to give you the energy to move you forward. Maybe not something physical, but emotional energy. Watch a funny movie. Talk with a friend. See if someone can meet you at a coffee shop. Give back to someone, you know, like read a good book. 
We have to know what fills us. We have to understand our body enough to know what is going to support my body and do more of that. Like shift this belief that we have any power to change our body and realize the only power that we have and the only job that we should be doing is fully supporting the job of our body. Remember, health is not another area of your life. It is your life. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's what you were born with that you lost and now it's time to go back to. It's in there, but you have to stop putting up the walls, boxing up your soul and your body as separate things, but see them as working together every second of every day to create the life that you live. And realize the change is in your power. It's in your hand. And realize that real change often happens in the places no one can see. Real change, how you're going to do this is going to happen inside of your mind and things that no one can see you doing. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay not stepping on the scale or not seeing accolades when we uh, change our physical body. Like we have to recognize that the things that are happening inside of our mind are so much more powerful than anything that we could do to change our physical body. Because if we can change them, our physical body will naturally follow that and it will become so much easier than beating your body into submission. So stop putting your attention and energy into things that you cannot control and foster what you can. I promise it changes the game. Because changing you, getting healthy, isn't going to happen by anyone but yourself. And God, of course, because he wants to see who he created you to be. And he wants you to call yourself what he calls you. And that is good. So I hope you find encouragement in this. Next week, we're going to dive a little bit more into these beliefs. I'm going to start a little series on here called Jesus Therapy. Um, And really going back to that spiritual aspect. I know it's not what you expect out of a nutritionist, but it really is powerful because you are not just your body. You are controlled by what it is that you believe. And we have to understand those beliefs and build a foundation of truth, which is going to help bring balance to all of this. It's going to healthify the whole of who you are. But that starts by understanding you're not just a soul, you're a body too. And you're not just a body, but you're a soul all working together with the bridge of the mind to create the whole of who you are. Wow, that was a big podcast. Make sure you go to thelivingwell.com and check out the show notes for today. I'm bringing down that equation, that typical equation, and showing you how you can create little shifts in those things, going back to understand what it is that you believe so you can start to add some truth in there. And I'm also sharing 10 truths that I want you to ingrain into your mind that will help you create healthy beliefs that will allow you to stand in health forever. Anyways, that's a big podcast episode. I would love to know what you think. If you have any thoughts or questions, please send me an email. I respond to every email and you can always do that. You can do that no matter what time of the day, no matter when. My email address is alexa at thelivingwell.com and I'm happy to email you back. Again, I know these are big lessons. This is a lot going on, but please take time to really think about this, to really soak it in, because here's the deal. What we've been doing hasn't worked. And if you want to find a better path, we have to be willing to explore a different path. That sounds simple, but how often do you try something different? I want us to create that change, to create a new direction, not be so focused on the destination, But knowing a direction and working on the whole of who you are is enough to make the next right choice. 
I'm believing in you. I'm here for you. I'm fighting for you. And I believe something better in the health space. A revival's coming and you're a part of it. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends and family. That is the best way to help this show grow and to keep it coming with more podcasts just like this. Okay, I'll be back next week with a very new podcast called Jesus Therapy before we dive back into more body-related podcast episodes that are coming up later this month. Until then, have a great week.